Welcome to the Trinity Church Aberdeen podcast, where you can listen to our most recent sermons. To find out more about who we are and what we believe, visit trinityaberdeen.org.uk. There is beauty all around us. It's here this evening, isn't it? As you look around this lovely room, the candles, the carols, the warmth, the traditions, beauty is here all around us. It's possible that for many of us, moments like this this evening are transporting us back to our younger years when Christmas seemed to be the most magical, wonderful, beautiful time of all. And it seemed to be like that because at Christmas the impossible seems, doesn't it, or used to if we're honest when we were younger, it seems magically, the impossible seems magically to come right into the ordinary world in which we live. Isn't that true? Just think back. Christmas is a time when reindeer fly through the air and sprinkle dust on our houses. Christmas is a time when Santa travels the world and somehow manages in the deep of night to fill stockings in every home at the end of every bed over every fireplace. Why is the nostalgia so rich, so deep at this time of year, the music, the lights, the food? I wonder, friends, if even the most hardened and unsentimental of people feel a tinge of longing for those days, those days when you really did believe the incredible could happen. Isn't that partly what beauty is, right? Beauty is something out of the ordinary. So the the monotony of nine to five and school runs and laundry and never-ending deadlines, that is mundane, it's ordinary. But that all melts away, doesn't it, when your toes are pressed into the hot white sand of the Maldives beach and you feel the warmth of the water. That is extraordinary. Ah, we say, beautiful. This is beautiful. So here are the questions for us this evening. Can the beauty of Christmas be real? Can something as, something as incredible as Christmas actually be true? That's what I want you to reflect on this evening. That's the whole point of us being here together in this hour of worship together. I want you to consider this. Is the story of Jesus and the God of the Bible and readings like we have just had Are these things that we should grow out of? Or might they actually be the truest of all stories? Are these things, these words that Anna has just read, if you have open what she read to us, are these words part of why Christmas is special and nostalgia-filled? But ultimately, are these words why Christmas makes no real difference to everyday life? It's here for a bit read in the dark of a room, and then it's gone. And on we go with hard, cold, brutal reality. Friends, I want to say to you this evening, if that is true, if what Anna has read to us is not true, then isn't it the case that Christmas is of all seasons the most cruel? Isn't it true that Christmas is of all sick jokes 
the worst. Joy to the world, but in reality, fat chance. Peace on earth, goodwill to man, impossible. See, if if what we read about this evening and what we're going to hear in other readings, what we're going to sing about, if what we have read about and sung about did not actually happen, friends, why do we even bother pretending as if it did? I want us to ask these questions this evening because think of what we've just heard. Look look at it again in front of you if you can, if, if if the darkness allows. A baby born to a virgin mother. A baby born to a virgin mother, Mary. A baby who is the Son of God, who will reign from a forever throne. And as if that wasn't astonishing enough, not just one astonishing thing, but two, a baby born to an old lady, Elizabeth. And all of that, friends, announced by an angel. Here's what somebody this week I read, here's what somebody said for many of us. The angel is the fairy on top of the Christmas tree of implausibility. A virgin birth, wise men guided by a star. Very simply, this is the stuff of fairy tales. Do you know, I remember when I was a little boy, one of the very first Christmases I can ever remember, the reason that made it magical was because it was the Christmas where I asked for a Superman outfit. And the reason I asked for it, I can still remember this sense in my mind, the reason I asked for it is because I had seen Superman on TV and I thought that if I had on what he was wearing, I would actually really be able to fly. I was convinced it would happen. I believed the impossible, and even now, friends, I can remember the the sheer excitement of daydreaming about what I would do in my blue and red spandex, who I would fight, who I would fight and who I would save and how I would save them. I remember it all. I, I thought it would be real. Wouldn't we love to live in a world where the incredible is actually real? When we grow up, we know that Superman isn't real and that capes don't make you fly, but isn't it true we still as adults love the same kind of escapism? Men watch James Bond and wish they could be him. Women watch James Bond and wish they could be with him. Or or we play the lottery and we dream of winning our millions, don't we? We imagine and the small hours of the night, what would it be like if the impossible came true? I want to suggest to you this evening that the beauty of Christmas is not what is happening in this hour, for it it will come and go and tomorrow will be the same as any other day as the clock brings a new day to us. I want to suggest to you that the beauty of Christmas is that it says to you and me loud and clear, the unbelievable is true. Christmas says to us the impossible became possible, that the unthinkable happened, and that because it happened, this world in which we live has been bathed in glory. Friends, this world is awash with beauty because of Christmas. It is not that Christmas is make-believe beauty for the month of December, and then we go back to the cold, hard reality of the other 10 or 11 months of the year. Turn it around. What if Christmas is the really real, 
the really true, the properly beautiful, and what if everything else is just a distortion of the way things are meant to be? Friends, this evening, I want to invite you to consider that our world has been bathed in glory. It is awash with beauty. Maybe there is more to be seen and more to be discovered and more to be believed about reality than you ever thought possible. I wonder if any of you know this story. 17th of August, 2017. On that date, 17th of August, 2017, astronomers observed for the very first time ever the catastrophic collision of two, two neutron stars out in space. Some of you will remember this. Somewhere beyond our normal powers of observation, astronomers watched two neutron stars run headfirst into each other. And this stunning event was caught, witnessed, it was detected. Gravity waves rippled through the solar system as two stars collided headfirst, smashing into one another. One of the stars was 1.6 times the mass of the Earth. It was a mind-boggling moment for scientists, a, a kilonova explosion, it's called. But here's the truly amazing thing. Here is the truly amazing thing. Do you know what happens when stars collide? When the scientists analyzed the resulting debris, they concluded that this Star Wars moment, this bringing together of these stars, had produced 236 sextillion tons of pure gold. The Harvard University scientist Edo Berger, who led the research, who witnessed it, who led the observance, he said this, <clears throat> this one single event, this explosion in the solar system produced an array of precious elements 16,000 times the mass of the earth. And of this material, we estimate that about 10 times the mass of the earth is in gold and platinum alone. Isn't that astonishing? And then Edo Berger said this, so imagine this as you gaze at your jewelry or you invest in your gold futures. Do you know what it means? Floating out there somewhere in space, somewhere that you and I will never see, floating out there above our heads in the solar system, there are tons of gold dust 10 times heavier than our earth. Isn't that amazing? Friends, that is just two stars colliding. And there are 200 billion stars in 200 billion galaxies. And this is simply the first time we've ever seen it. Is it possible? Might it be true that what we see with our eyes is not the sum total of all that is? Might it be possible that if gold floats in the heavens above us, might it be possible there is more beauty in the world than we have ever imagined possible? Here is what I believe. That in, in the womb of a virgin woman, an ovum, was miraculously fertilized without the presence of a father. Mary contributed to her child at least half of his chromosomes, but she did not contribute the sex-determining Y chromosome. 
And somehow, in some mysterious, miraculous way that we cannot understand, that chromosome was provided by God, by God Himself. For what did the angel say to Mary in our reading? For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Nothing. Not two stars colliding in the sky, producing tons of gold. Not virgin births. Not barren wombs coming to life, not empty tombs giving up dead bodies. Nothing is impossible with God. I want to encourage you this evening, friend. Maybe, maybe you were brought along here this evening by a Christian friend, and up until this evening, your Christian friend, you thought they looked pretty normal. I hope they look normal to you. But as you move from the dimly lit room to the well-lit room downstairs, and you look at them, and you stare at them, and you ask yourself, does this person really believe in a virgin birth? And so, Christian friend, this evening, you didn't know I was going to ask you to be on the spot for the friend that you brought along this evening. For this is what Christian people believe. The Trinity Church family is astonishingly full of medics. Ask a medic this evening if they believe in the virgin birth. And I suspect they will tell you that they believe what I have just said. Ask your friends afterwards this evening if they believe the angel, for I suspect they will tell you that we do actually live in a world where the impossible is possible. People who believe the Christmas story, people like me, people like many folks, here this evening, people who actually think that it really did happen and that it really is true, we do so for one simple reason. We do it because of the angel's words to Mary, for nothing is impossible with God. I, I don't believe it because I'm suspending my mind and closing my eyes and taking a running leap into the dark to just simply try and imagine that the impossible might be true. No, rather instead, I simply believe that God is real. When the angel came to Mary and spoke those words to her, and really, I guess, pretty much everything that has been recorded here for us that we've read this evening is pretty incredible. But when the angel spoke to her, he was saying to her that, you know as well as I do, Mary, that what is about to happen is going to shatter the natural laws of the world. The only reason it will be possible is because the God who made the world is now stepping into the world himself. And so, friends, I want to be clear. I accept in a heartbeat that if there is no God, then the impossible is not possible. Let me say that again. If there is no God, then the impossible is not possible. Nature rules supreme. Biology runs its course, physics has its laws, and they cannot be broken. But if God is there, if there is a creator who formed the earth out of nothing and who made man and woman to live in his world, if there is a God who sees the darkness of a womb in a way that no ultrasound can ever possibly reach, if he is there, then Mary says to us this evening, because of what the angel said to her, if he is there, then nothing is impossible for him to do. 
Friends, here is what I want to leave you with this evening, very simply. I want to encourage you to take the thing that looks most impossible, that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and entered our world as God and man. I want you to take that impossible-sounding thing and to investigate it, test it. For, for if you want to know that God is there, here's how I know He's there. I, I, I don't do it in the abstract. I don't imagine a higher being floating in the sky. No, if I want to know that God is there, I look at Jesus of Nazareth, a real man in real space-time history. Spike Milligan was once asked, do you ever pray? He replied, yes, of course, desperately all the time, but I do not know whom I'm praying to. Those words of the angel to Mary mean that the search for God ends with Jesus. The search for God can terminate on Him. He was a real man in real history. There is earlier and more extensive evidence for Jesus of Nazareth than there is for Alexander the Great in all the annals of history. More evidence for Jesus than for Alexander the Great. Larry King, the American <clears throat> talk show host, was once asked who he would most like to interview if he could choose somebody from all of history. Who would you most like to interview without pausing? Jesus Christ, he replied. I would like to ask him if he was indeed virgin-born. The answer to that question would define history for me. And so I want to encourage you this evening if nothing else, leave here committed to investigating what you have heard. You'll find on the table at the back a little book, a lovely little book called The Gift. What if Christmas gave you what you've always wanted? You can take that away. They're downstairs as well. And also take away this little booklet, How to Have a Happy Christmas by Tim Thornbury. If you're at all interested in thinking, hang on a second, is there more to this than I ever thought possible? I want to encourage you to take and read. They may dispel some myths that you have in your mind about God. Christian people do not believe that God is like Santa or like the Easter bunny. Jesus is not like the tooth fairy. No, instead we believe Jesus is the really real and the really true God come to earth to show us who He is. And so here is why Christmas is so amazing, so wonderful, so beautiful. Here is the most impossible thing that has become possible. Here's how I would put it if somebody said, sum it all up in a nutshell. Here's what I would say. In Jesus, this real man in history, in him, God has put somebody new into our world. God has put somebody new into our world. I, th I think newness matters at Christmas, doesn't it? Just ask yourself, Christmas morning, as you unwrap, are you hoping that what you're unwrapping is brand new or secondhand? We like getting new things, don't we? I I'm the eldest of three boys. You see, if you ask my younger brother, child number three, he says that some of his presents that he unwrapped still had my name on them course, great delight to us, the other two brothers. Second-hand things, second-hand shops for a bargain, yes, if we're counting the pennies, but isn't it true we love it when things are new, when things are right, when things are working, when things are fresh, when they're gleaming? 
and into this broken world, this world of darkness where, where women are childless, into this world of war and turmoil and brokenness where, where it does not seem possible that there could ever be a human being who would be different from every other human being we'd ever seen, where it does not seem possible that there could be somebody true, gentle, never wrong, never selfish, never proud, always right, into this world where that does not seem possible, God put Jesus, born of a woman, so that His humanness is true like yours and mine, but born of a virgin, so that His humanness is new. He is untainted, unbroken, unmarred. He, he is unturned in on Himself, no, he is outward. He turned only outward to serve others and not himself. And so as I finish, listen, listen to this description of Jesus, <clears throat> of Jesus, not my own words. Beautiful description. He was generous and genial. He was firm and resolute. He was always surprising. He was loving but not soppy. His insight unsettled people and his kindness won people. He was a man of extraordinary and extraordinarily appealing contrasts. He was red-blooded and human, but not rough. He was pure, but never dull. He was serious with sunbeams of wit. He was sharper than cut glass. He argued all comers, but never simply for the sake of the win. He had no failings in himself and was transparently humble. He made the grandest of claims about himself, but without a whiff of pomposity. He ransacked the temple. He spoke of hellfire. He called Herod a fox. He called the Pharisees pimped up cor corpses, yet never do you doubt his love as you read his life. With a huge heart, he hated evil, and he felt for the needy. He loved God, and he loved people. You look at him, and you have to say, here is a man truly alive. He is unwithered in any way, far more vital and vigorous, far more full and complete, far more human than any other there has ever been. Friends, is it possible that there could be someone, someone in the world as good as that, someone like that? Could it be true? Is it possible that in a man like that, God Himself has come to find us? We each have to decide for ourselves. You have to decide. I have to decide. But I am with the angel this evening, for nothing, nothing is impossible with God.